Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. going on, everybody? Welcome to today's show. Today, we're going to be talking about two of the most critical things that block us humans from truth, and they do it to all of us. And I mentioned this a lot in my writings on Next Level Human and have posted on it quite a bit, talk about it quite a bit. And I get a lot of questions where people are like, what exactly do you mean by these terms? So today, we're going to be talking about bias and dogma. And these two things are Perhaps, I would say, the most insidious, these hidden forms of cognitive distortions that keep us from truth. And in a sense, I wouldn't even know that I'd call them cognitive distortions. They're almost by choice. We do this um, by choice. And I'll explain that here in just a minute. But let's, let's get into first, how do we um, define these things? Well, first of all, I have a saying that I've become a little bit famous for. People, you know, they say, I I really like the way that you phrase that. And the saying goes like this, bias and dogma are the parents of ignorance and arrogance. Basically, what I'm saying there is that when you are biased and when you are dogmatic, what naturally leads from that is ignorance and arrogance, no matter how smart you are. In a sense, bias and dogma make intelligence impotent, in a sense. Because it doesn't matter how smart you are, if you are biased and dogmatic, that intelligence is used in the service of convincing you what you think you already know. Can you imagine that, right? Imagine you have this thing. You might be the smartest person in the world and very mentally capable, but you have this brain distortion that makes you only use that intelligence to further perhaps wrong ideas. And that's what I mean by bias and dogma make intelligence impotent. Or another way you could say it, bias and dogma are the serial killers of intelligence. They basically render intelligence useless in a sense. And so we have to battle against this. Many of you know what this is, but I want to attack these in depth here for a little while in this discussion. First of all, let's cover bias. It's kind of like noise-canceling headphones for your psyche. Bias is uh, a natural consequence of the stories that we tell ourselves. So let's imagine that before we were... uh, uh, 
educated, let's say, in science. And let's use a climate science. And just fair warning here, we're going to talk a lot probably about political things that you may or may not agree with. And I'll do my both, uh, my best rather, to try to keep my own bias out of it um, so that you don't feel triggered. But uh, please just stick with me here because part of you know blocking bias and dogma actually is uh, being able to be triggered and stick with the conversation because triggered by its very nature means I believe something and now I am emotionally triggered or emotionally hijacked by somebody or something that states the opposite. And so when you are triggered, it's actually a really good time for you to say, oh my gosh, I'm triggered by this. Why am I so triggered? Maybe I'm dealing with bias and dogma here. Maybe my emotions are hijacking my reason and rationality. Perhaps bias and dogma are at play here, causing me to miss the truth. And so if you get triggered, please keep that in mind. So let's get back to the discussion about, let's say, that before you learned anything about climate science, global warming or anything like that, you tended to be on the conservative side of the argument, pro let's say, business and pro-capitalism and anti-regulation. And perhaps maybe your father and your mother and some of your early mentors or early influences were very much this way. And so what happens is you have absorbed these biases. Or maybe some of the only things you've read tend to be on the conservative end of the spectrum. And so what you will do, even when you are confronted with new, compelling, evidence-based information showing climate change is happening and showing that humans are contributing to it, and perhaps pointing to good evidence that we are uh, making things worse and uh, causing issues for not only the world but our country in terms of its ability to uh, keep its citizens safe and maybe even presenting some national security risks, you have already sort of made up your mind because of bias. Bias makes you not consider any new ideas. And actually, there's a subtle distinction here because really bias, it's not that bias makes you not consider any new ideas. Bias makes you more heavily weigh the ideas you already have and discount other ideas. This is why bias and dogma are, you know, very similar. So that's why we're going to get into it because dogma makes you blind to things in my mind. Bias just makes you makes you more muffled to hearing it. And so to make this argument uh, more balanced, the same would be true of someone on the left who's always been about conservation and you know, saving public lands for parks and saving the animals and anti-business uh, and pro-regulations and things like this. If you heard something that was against your bias uh, for the environment, you too would naturally discount that new information and double down on what you think you already know. And if you're dogmatic and arrogant about it, then you will shut off any ability to have any new ideas at all or to hear any new ideas at all. 
So it makes you hear only what you want to hear. That's what bias does. It keeps you ignorant in a sense. That's why I say bias in particular leads to ignorance. Dogma leads to arrogance. And we'll cover dogma here in just a minute. But bias keeps you ignorant. It causes you to discount anything that does not already agree with you. And bias shows up almost everywhere you go. For example, let's say that you uh, just recently, just yesterday as I'm doing this podcast, Donald Trump's tax returns uh, got released by the New York Times, right? So apparently, allegedly, the New York Times have, have a source that actually got a hold of his tax returns, and they published a report on this. Now, if you're going to go and check, now most people, right, most people will be so biased that they'll just assume, for example, if you're on the conservative end of the spectrum, you'll just assume this is the, quote, mainstream media, and they are just trying to take Trump down. Or if you're on the other side, you'll just assume Trump is guilty. You'll just make the jump to say Trump is, you know, uh, not just doing tax evasion, but has actually, uh, you know, done tax fraud. Meanwhile, neither group is getting anywhere near the truth. They're just doubling down on their bias. And if you think about it, this is scary because there's truth here. Somewhere in beneath, um, between this, there is truth. There's this gray zone here. And if you want truth and you're going to be evidence-based, which the reason we talk so much about truth and evidence is that that is one of the key traits of a next-level human, to look for evidence, to be unbiased as possible, to be humble, which is the antithesis of dogma, and to really not say things that they cannot verify, and to not make things up. There's a reason that honesty and truth are one of the prime principles and one of the most treasured virtues, because they are so critical to the functioning of society. Think about it. If everyone just lied and made stuff up all the time, what kind of world we would live in. And in a sense, you could make an argument that that's exactly why the world is oftentimes such a shitty place to live because people do not value honesty and don't have any more honor. They don't value being honest. They jump to conclusions. Now, outright lies are one thing. I think we would all agree that outright lies are not a good thing. But bias and dogma are a form of lying. They're the way that your brain tricks you into lies. You think that you're being fair and balanced. The brain makes you think that because all these stories, these seed stories that you've been uh, given, that you've absorbed, that you have been cultured with and, um, you know, by your, your mother, your father, your uh, family, your peers, your coworkers, the team that you hang out with, you know, they talk about the idea that we are most like the five people who we spend most time with. The truth is we're most like the five people that we were raised with from the years of zero to six years old when we were most unconscious. Most of us think exactly like uh, our parents did and our early influences or exactly like our early friends and our uh, college experiences or the one book that we read on a subject that then shaded everything thereafter. And so we have to be very careful because bias and dogma actually trick us in to lying to ourselves. And so how do we overcome? Let's talk about bias first. Well, first of all, you have to understand that this is a natural consequence of being human. We humans kind of evolved in the world to take past lessons, 
project them out into the future and use them to our advantage. For example, if we went down to the water hole and saw our friend Bob get hauled off by a lion, we should register in our brain, be a little bit more careful around that water hole and don't go down there alone and maybe next time bring some spears and a bunch more people so that we don't get hauled off by a lion. This is essentially what this bias software does in our brain. It basically says, well, you learned this a long time ago. The people around you think this. It looks a lot like this. Therefore, you should keep thinking this because it seems to have worked for you and it helps you be more popular and it helps your sense of self. None of us like to see ourselves as not congruent, right? And so we will spin all kinds of psychological intellectual webs and get ourselves into uh, intellectual predicaments just to maintain a semblance of congruency. This is where hypocrisy comes in because people will do all kinds of things and then try to rationalize why they did it, showing up as hypocrites all along the way. So how do we get rid of bias? Well, one of the ways that we can think about this is that research, right? Most people, if you talk to them, especially in political discussions, will say, I've done the research. You haven't done the research. Well, it's really interesting, right? Because depending on what kind of research you do, that's going to shade you, right? So if you tend to search one side or the other, you're automatically going to be either in the black zone or the white zone. To be in the gray zone, you need to research both sides. So in a sense, the first way that you attack bias is to admit your bias. In other words, you just basically say, a telltale sign that someone is hijacked by bias is getting triggered by being called biased and then trying to say they're not biased. Of course you are biased. I am biased. All humans are biased. That is the first clue to overcome your bias is to simply admit, yes, I am biased by virtue of being a human. Once you are aware of your bias, you can then correct it by saying, because I'm biased, I know that when I go to do research, I will search out the things that already agree with me and discount things that don't agree with me. So right away, that gives you a clue to how to combat bias. To combat bias, you want to shade things more heavily in favor of what does not agree with you. In other words, if you go on Google, which Google is really just a self-confirming bias machine, because we oftentimes search for the thing that we already believe. For example, with the Trump tax reports, if you are a conservative who is a Trump supporter, you're probably going to search Trump taxes Democrats on the attack or something like that. Or mainstream media gets the tax, tr Trump tax taxes wrong. Or difference between tax evasion and, um, uh, you know, sort of tax fraud, right? This is the sort of game that we begin to play. We begin to try to spin things in our favor. Let me find all the evidence that agrees with me that Trump is actually a good guy. And so you'll come up with all kinds of things that support why he may have cheated on his taxes in the first place. Now, you're, if you're a liberal and you're on the left side of things and you don't like Trump, then you're going to try to come up with all the things in glee, right? Basically going, ooh, what's this mean? You know, tax cheated on, or Trump cheated on this and cheated on that and tax fraud and, you know, Trump's his cheater and you're going to go gather all the information that already agrees with you. Now, if 
you want to be a next level human. What you're going to do is be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of your tendency to defend or to go ahead and criminalize Trump without any real data. First of all, we don't actually know, right? So we have to reserve judgment. So one of the things about bias to say, I'm biased. I'm just going to reserve judgment and I'll go look at both sides. So you go research both sides, but you shade your research more to the side that doesn't agree with you. In other words, if I am a liberal who tends to lean liberal, which I am, by the way, just to, uh, I don't know if that's going to trigger some people or whatever, but I am a centrist who leans slightly liberal. So my bias is going to be against Trump, right? That's going to be my bias. And so I have to know that because what I should be doing And what I am trying to do is I'm trying to bias my research about why this isn't a problem. What possibly could explain this? You know, this is important for me to do so I can be more gray. Otherwise, I'll go off on my bias. Now, the right should do the same thing. If you're a conservative, you should be, in my mind, biasing yourself more towards my view. And I should be biasing myself more towards your view. In fact, we should probably have someone on the conservative aisle side of things talking to us if we're a liberal and someone on the liberal side uh, talking to us if we're a conservative. And in fact, our bias keeps us from doing that. We actually don't want to do that. In fact, we only want to talk to people who agree with us. This is how bad it's gotten. We are so emotionally fragile that we coddle our minds and we only expose it to the things that we already agree with. And this is bias, which makes us more dumb and makes culture as a whole more dumb. What we should be doing is talking to people so they can reality check our biases and we can reality check their biases. And hopefully in that discussion or in the research that we're doing, we actually come to a truth that is more true somewhere in the middle instead of living in these biased bubbles, which are done on both sides. I have friends on both sides of the aisle, and I, they find me somewhat antagonistic oftentimes because I'll poke them. My good friends know I do this. I'll get a little antagonistic, stir the pot a little bit to my friends on the left and my friends on the right, and just to see what the discussion, what the discussion does. And that's also my way of playing a game and trying to get out of my own bias. So if you're really going to be anti-biased, first you have to admit that you are and be very clear on your bias and where you stand. That's why I'm telling you my bias. This is my bias. I realize that that bias makes me uh, ignorant and stupider. And therefore, I go about, set about to correcting that particular bias by researching the other side. In fact, I do this with my own political way of thinking by stacking my Facebook feed with right-leaning and sometimes extreme uh, right-wing pages that I follow. For example, I follow Ben Shapiro, I follow PragerU, I listen to Jordan Peterson and others. And most of my Facebook feed, if you go to it, is actually conservative-based news, more conservative-leaning, biased uh, towards conservatism. Why do I do that? Because I tend to be a little biased toward the left. And so I'm trying to my best to overcome my own bias. Hey there, breaking in real quick to tell you about a new sponsor to the show, a product I've told you about previously. 
This is Cured Nutrition and a product I've been using every night to help me sleep. I have notoriously difficult sleep and I have been using their Zen Blend CBD to help me sleep now for the last six months or so. And I have loved the product so much and I've got so much benefit from CBD that I have partnered with Cured Nutrition. If you're dealing with sleep issues, try Zen, but they also have other CBD products to help you focus and everything else. Please support Cured Nutrition. Use the code NEXTLEVEL on checkout. You'll get a little bit of a discount, and this helps support the Next Level Human podcast. I highly stand by Cured Nutrition. Love their products. I hope you will enjoy it too, and let's get back to the show. Now, the other thing is, is in addition to searching the opposite and engaging the opposite and having questions and just admitting that you are biased by nature being human, you also want to think like a journalist. Now, I know if you're biased one way or the other, right? Some people think there's, it's funny when I talk to left-leaning and right-leaning people, they talk about the mainstream media, both of them do, and the right-wing conspiracy on the left and the mainstream media on the right. And both of them are essentially saying that media is skewed towards them. And they have all kinds of evidence to show that this is the case. And so this is what happens. So when I say think like a journalist, you're probably already saying, yeah, but journalists are blah, blah, blah because of your bias. But one of the things that journalists do is they have to get multiple sources. So rather than just going to CNN, which might be biased, or Fox News, which might be biased, you want to go to CNN and Fox News and Reuters and Associated Press and ABC and CBS. Or you can go to something like I like to go to, which is a, um, a news organization called All Sides that actually gives you the different uh, bias sources and have their own patented way of telling you the bias in these different media sources. And so you want to think like a journalism, get from different sources. If you were consuming all your information mainly from one source, or God forbid, you're actually using opinion-based news to get your news, that's problematic, right? When your opinion-based news is someone telling you, I am extremely biased and I am shading all the news through my bias. And then you say, well, I agree with his bias, so I'll listen to him. And this is why people like Tucker Carlson and people like, um, you know, uh, Maddow and all these different, you know, individuals on either side of the political spectrum have all these followers because they're just parrots for their own bias. And of course, people don't see this. They tend to think that these people are not biased or combating bias on the bias on the other side. You don't combat bias with more bias. You combat bias by becoming unbiased, by admitting your bias and then trying your best to find the truth in the middle. So you think like a journalist. You also think like a scientist. In other words, prove it, right? Prove it. Just because the New York Times comes out and says, we have Trump's tax returns and here's how we interpret that, we have to kind of ask, well, are those really Trump's tax returns? Where did they get them? Do they have multiple sources? What do they actually say? And is this the right interpretation? I think you, when you have an organization like as big as the New York Times that needs to also maintain its credibility, you could probably say, okay, he, they probably do have the tax documents, but is their interpretation biased or not? Maybe so. So shouldn't we look at another potential interpretation? So not only do we want to think about journalists, but we want to think like scientists, prove it to us, right? We also want to think about detectives. When people are biased, think like a detective. When you have bias, what happens is you miss things. 
So if you have black and white arguments, usually the people in the middle who are seeking the gray see things that you can't see, that you're blind to. If you're thinking black and white, then you're going to miss important truths. That's why gray is so important. Think about it. Think about these times when you've been stuck in your life believing a thing, and then all of a sudden you get this immediate insight that actually opens up a whole new way of thinking for you. Usually that happens in the gray zone, almost never on the extremes. And then think like a child. Be curious. Instead of being triggered and thinking like a base-level human who's trying to defend themselves, think like a child you know, who is more curious, right? Children can be very base-level in their way of behaving when they get sort of safety-oriented and emotionally triggered. They also could be very next-level in their thinking when they get curious and are just open to new experiences. So you want to think curiously and be curious as a child. Now, dogma is slightly different than bias, where bias makes us more ignorant because it shades us or muffles our hearing. Dogma actually shuts us off completely from learning anything new. Dogma is this belief that I know everything there is to know. I know the truth. You do not. I am smarter. You are dumber. There is nothing else to learn here. A stubborn conviction that I alone know the truth. The smug certainty of arrogance is really the natural consequence of dogma. Dogma is pretty scary this way, right? And humility is the opposite. Openness is the opposite. Dogma and arrogance is absolutely chops intelligence off at the knees. It does not matter how smart you are. Basically, dogma renders you an idiot because you can't learn anything more. Does that make sense? So here's what you need to do with dogma. One of the interesting things about psychology research that we've learned through psychology is that there's this weird thing that the less someone knows about a subject, the more they think they know. And the best way I like to describe this is imagine you're in a dark room and you have a flashlight and you only can shine that flashlight in one area of the room. Well, that becomes your whole worldview because you can only see that and you're not aware that there's a whole other room there. Now, the rest of the room might be filled with treasures, but you might be in one corner of the room that all you see is a little penny sitting there. So that's all you know. And this is what it's like when you first get introduced to a subject, right? You learn one little thing and because it's only one little thing and it makes sense to you, you can't see the whole picture because you don't have the information or the expertise. So imagine that. Imagine that you are, the less you know, the more stubbornly you know it. Now, the opposite is also true. The more you start to learn, the more you become an expert, the more you realize you don't know because you start getting all and all this information. You start seeing the complexities of it all and all the different things to explore, and it becomes almost impossible. So there's this weird thing that happens in our psychology as we become experts, we start to use terms like may and maybe and perhaps and more uh, cautious language. But when we know less, we're very dogmatic and very stubborn and very particular and very um, extreme and exact. And it's, this is the way it is. And you can always see this. One of the telltale signs of a true expert is the cautious language. This may be more research needs to be done. And that bothers people who don't know a lot because they want certainty and they think they know. So always keep that in mind. There's a quote by Osho that goes, the less a person knows, the more stubbornly they know it. So to combat dogma means 
once again to really become an expert and to realize this funny little truth about life. The less you know about a subject, the more you think you know. The other thing you can do is just assume you are wrong. In fact, get into the habit of saying, I could be wrong, but we might be wrong. In fact, here's the interesting thing. Most of us are going to be wrong most of the time. That's because most of the knowledge out there is things we didn't know we didn't know, right? There's three forms of knowledge. There's the things we know we know, like I know I can drive a car. There's the things we know we don't know, like I know I can't fly a plane. And then there's the things we don't know we don't know, which is everything else, the things that we aren't even aware of, the things in that dark room that we've never shined our flashlight on and would be surprised and shocked if we knew they existed. So assume that you don't know what you don't know. Assume you are not smart. Also, look for contradictions in your logic. This is very Socratic thinking. Socrates was one of these people that said, continue to ask your questions. Why, 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 why? Five layers deep. Keep asking the question and then look for contradictions. Look for contradictions in the way you look at it, right? So let's say you're on the liberal side of things and you believe that we should all have universal health care and then you find out, go and look and see, is there a country with really good health care that doesn't have universal health care? Are there exceptions to that? Or if you're a conservative who doesn't believe in universal health care and thinks it's socialist or whatever bias you bias term you use, can you find examples where there's really good health care in certain areas that is universal? And can you admit that when you see it? So always assume you don't know what you don't know and look for contradictions and exceptions to your logic. Look for exceptions to your assumptions. Be extra inquisitive, especially with those who disagree with you. Why? What source? Recently, um, a friend of mine was educating me, and she leans on the conservative side. And actually, I have two conservative friends. One's a guy, one's a girl, and both of them are pretty antagonistic to me, playfully. And I'm pretty antagonistic to them, playfully. But I like to go to them because I'll start reading certain things, maybe on the left. Like I was reading a... uh, the Conscious of a Liberal by Paul Krugman. And I knew, I could see, Jay, this is your bias. You know, you tend to lean this way. I was agreeing with a lot of what he talked about. So I asked my friends, what would they recommend? Because I, I respect sort of their intellect. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to kind of see what they believe. And they told me to read some other things by Thomas Sowell, by, um, I forget the other guy's name, but uh, I went and read these books, and now I am very more gray and can see both sides of the argument. If nothing else, even if my bias stands, right, I basically can continue to grow and at least see the other side, at least be better to argue if that's really your goal. But the goal of a next level human shouldn't be to win an argument or a debate. It should be to grow and learn. So this is what this is about. The other thing is, and science really solves dogma and bias both, the scientific method. Insist on repeatable, independent, verifiable evidence and multiple forms of evidence. That's why in science we look at population studies, rat studies, in vitro studies, randomized controlled trials, longitudinal studies. Then we we can get a good picture about the evidence on a particular a subject, and it needs to be repeatable, right? It needs to be repeatable and independent and verifiable. Matter of fact, the scientific method does this by itself. No single scientist or even organization can survive the 
the scrutiny of science as a whole. It does take time sometimes, though. And then you also want to stay comfortable with the unknowns. And so one of the things I'll challenge you to do as we end this podcast today is go ahead, whatever belief you have. And I love that we're in political season now, right? The, you know, Trump and Biden are debating tonight as I do this podcast. And uh, we have an election coming up and we have a Supreme Court nominee. What I would challenge everyone to do is to go and look at the opposite side of things. Read something that is not from your source. Assume you are actually wrong. Talk to someone without arguing, and maybe don't be as antagonistic as I could be with my friends, but talk to someone without arguing and see what their point of view is. Try to understand why they would see the world being better with conservative judges, let's say, or why they actually think uh, Trump is a good person, if anyone thinks that. As you can see, my bias pop up right there, right? This is important, right? Because I have, uh, I'm one of these people, again, I'll share some of my bias with you. Uh, I don't know, I admit, I don't know much about policy. I'm just learning. But I do know and feel I know what is a good person and what is not a good person. I don't feel like Donald Trump is a good person whatsoever, so I don't want to vote for Donald Trump. However, I also have to listen and say, well, what if I was wrong? What if, what if him being not a great person has nothing to do with the way he leads the country? And what if he is actually doing a good job? And what if I'm missing something, right? What if, what if, what if I'm actually missing something here? You should be thinking the same way. What if you are actually missing something? What if you are wrong? What, are, what if you are actually wrong? And what happens is, is as I begin to consider that idea, I actually begin to build more confidence in my beliefs. I'll, I'll, I'll basically give you a final example of me, you know, and I'm putting myself on the spot. That's fine. I like to do this because you have to see that I am human too, and I have bias and dogma just like you. And uh, I judge and you judge, and really this is about trying not to do that. So this is my time to come clean. I hope you will do the same and say, yeah, you know, I like this approach. What if everyone could be like Jade and just say, yes, I'm biased. Yes, I have these beliefs and I am committed to truth and I'm committed to systematically dismantling my own bias and dogma. And I do that by considering maybe I'm wrong, by searching the other side, by purposely exposing myself more often to things that disagree with my sensibilities, to talk to people who aren't part of my seed stories, who perceive the world differently. And by doing that, I don't become less dumb. I become smarter. By doing that, the world does not become less narrow to me. The world opens up to me. By doing that, I don't become a more entrenched, dogmatic, arrogant asshole. I become a more open-minded, accepting person. Now, what if we all did that? You would see the black and white extremes start to bleed into gray, and we would get closer to the truth faster. So the final thing I'll say here is when I was in learning nutrition, I was a pretty militant, dogmatic vegan. And I started out with that trying to disprove what meat eaters were saying. And that sent me on a tear reading all kinds of books on omnivores and everyone else and everything else. And what ended up happening was rather than proving their, my point, 
I actually ended up proving their point. In reality, I saw that both of us were very flawed in our thinking, and it allowed me to develop a very sophisticated understanding of nutrition. Now, if I had stayed dogmatically in that mindset, all I would be doing for the rest of my life is saying veganism, 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 vegetarian, 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 I'm right, you're wrong, you suck, I'm great. That's all I would be doing. And instead, I have developed a real expertise around nutrition, a real nuance, the ability to help multiple people with illness and fitness and fat loss and build a whole entire career there that helps not just people who naturally gravitate to vegetarianism, but meat eaters and junk food eaters and everyone else in between. Wouldn't it be great if we systematically dismantled our bias and dogma and this hidden form of what I consider lying? Okay, thanks so much for being on the show today, and I will see you at the next show.